Hello, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's May 28th, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Amazon's MGM deal and ambition to reimagine studio franchises. Two, Rose's $225 million modern fertility acquisition and the growth in fertility and femtech startups. And three, Hyundai's in-car payment system and the latest in connected cars. Shift one, Amazon's MGM deal and ambition to reimagine studio franchises. This week, Amazon announced an agreement to acquire film and TV studio MGM for $8.5 billion. MGM, $1.5 billion in 2020 revenue, is owned by private equity firms and reportedly went up for sale in December 2020. It has a catalog of over 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows expected to be folded under Amazon Studios and made available on Prime Video. If approved, it would be Amazon's second-largest acquisition, after Whole Foods, and the latest in a series of major content investments. Amazon would own popular franchises like James Bond, Rocky, Tomb Raider, Legally Blonde, and The Handmaid's Tale. James Bond is the fifth most valuable movie franchise with recent releases grossing near $1 billion or more. The catalog catapults Prime Video closer to its streaming rivals, accelerating what would have taken years to build. According to Amazon, the real value is, quote, the treasure trove of IP in the deep catalog that we plan to reimagine and develop together with MGM's talented team, end quote. Rights to properties like James Bond and Rocky could give Amazon opportunities to develop new, high-potential content or build a lucrative, quote-unquote, extended universe, though James Bond is complicated by an unusual arrangement in which production rights are controlled by existing producers, and other content may be locked up with licensing agreements for a time. MGM's creative talent and infrastructure also boost Amazon's ability to develop high-quality original content at more scale and speed than it has achieved to date. Amazon has been spending big on content of late. It spent a combined $11 billion on video and music content in 2020, up from $8 billion in 2019, often with no guarantee that productions will become hits. In March 2021, it secured a $1 billion per year deal, its largest single content commitment to that point, for exclusive rights to air NFL Thursday night football games from 2022 to 2033. It spent collectively $715 million on the anticipated Lord of the Rings TV series expected to be released this year. It also reportedly spent quote-unquote hundreds of millions acquiring rights to theatrical releases from major studios. Still, all of that spending in MGM's $8.5 billion ticket price are relatively paltry compared to Amazon's $1.6 trillion market cap and $386 billion in revenue last year, and the deal's intended upside. Amazon views Prime Video, bundled in the $119 per year Prime subscription, as a key element in its strategy flywheel drawing in more Prime subscriptions and e-commerce spent. Over 175 million of the 200 million Prime subscribers used Prime Video during the past year. In one survey, the number two reason, indicated by 45% of respondents, why people subscribe to Prime is Prime Video. The number one reason is two-day shipping with over 80% of respondents. Prime members spend over 70% more annually than other customers, $1,200 versus $700. And Prime still has headroom, as seen by its growth from 150 million members in early 2020 
to over 200 million by April 2021, with streaming hours up 70%. Success in video streaming requires a deep library of exclusive premium content. Players have to draw viewers in and keep them there. This means either acquiring popular content at huge cost, making new popular content, probably also at significant cost, as well as some delay, or otherwise aggregating content libraries to achieve scale. Deals like this one and AT&T's recent $43 billion deal to combine HBO Max and Discovery Plus were about achieving enough scale to garner eyeballs. Netflix saw this years ago and stormed the industry by spending unheard of billions on content. This year, it expects to spend over $17 billion on content. Disney was also prescient. Its success with Disney Plus was built on the back of the acquisitions of Pixar, $7 billion, Marvel, $4 billion, Lucasfilm, $4 billion, and 21st Century Fox, $71 billion. In comparison, the MGM acquisition is looking quite affordable, especially in a world where high-quality libraries of content are increasingly being locked up behind streaming walls. Sony Pictures was a rare player in licensing its content but opted to strike deals with Netflix and Disney last month, cutting Amazon out. With Amazon's ambitions to quote-unquote reimagine studio franchises, it may be thinking of ways to tie them together with its e-commerce business. Just like how differentiated content feeds every part of Disney's far-ranging business, Amazon could capitalize on MGM's franchises. Consider the intersection of brands like Lord of the Rings linked to Amazon apparel, toys, or even services. Magical same-day delivery with Gandalf? All powered by Amazon's advertising prowess. Amazon at one point wanted to be quote-unquote cool like Nike and Apple. Cool and content have a symbiotic relationship. The much-hyped Friends reunion, for instance, taking place as character Rachel Green's outfits become the latest fashion trend on TikTok. The more Amazon reaches into the everyday consumption habits of consumers, the more it locks them into its ecosystem. Bolstering its content catalog could have trickle-down effects for Amazon's massive ad business, number three behind Google and Facebook. It sells ads against content on Prime Video, IMDb TV, and third-party Fire TV apps, as well as live sports. It could put some MGM content on ad-supported IMDb TV, which has 55 million monthly users, or sell ad space to product licensees against content from the extended universe. This also fits neatly into Amazon's quote-unquote T-commerce ambitions, which is interactive merchandise sales driven by video. Amazon is not necessarily out to conquer its streaming rivals, though they do compete for content and eyeballs. Amazon can make money from rivals by selling access to services like Discovery Plus through Prime Video channels and taking a cut of subscriptions sold. Its primary goal is to keep people engaged and spending on its platform. Antitrust could be a real threat to Amazon's entertainment ambitions. It is already facing an unrelated antitrust suit filed by the District of Columbia, along with scrutiny from attorneys general in five states and the FTC. Senator Amy Klobuchar has called for a federal probe of the MGM deal. Amazon will claim it is a non-dominant player in video. Unfortunately, politics are often not that straightforward, but it seems Amazon thinks it's worth the fight. To read more about Amazon's content ambitions and video streaming, check out our March 26, 2021 Three Shifts edition, NFL's $110 billion in new broadcast deals will accelerate the cord-cutting transition. In our October 24, 2019 brief, Disney Plus and the Age of Streaming Video Wars. Shift 2. Rose $225 million modern fertility acquisition 
in the growth in fertility and femtech startups. Last week, pharmacy and telehealth services company Roe acquired reproductive health startup Modern Fertility at a reported valuation of over $225 million. Modern Fertility, which launched in 2017 with an at-home fertility hormone test, has since expanded to ovulation tracking, prenatal vitamins, and pregnancy tests, and saw its revenue increase 300% in Q1 2021 versus the prior year. The deal is the latest signal of the growth in fertility solutions and quote-unquote femtech, women's healthcare. For Roe, which has reached a $5 billion valuation since launching in 2017 as men's erectile dysfunction solution, Roman, the acquisition bolsters its rapidly growing Rory Women's Health Division. After seeing its women's health vertical grow 300% last year, Roe plans to invest quote-unquote hundreds of millions of dollars in the division over three to five years. Modern Fertility's two co-founders will lead the women's health division. Modern Fertility, in turn, expects to benefit from Roe's distribution and infrastructure. Its at-home fertility hormone test is customized for the individual and results are reviewed by doctors in its network. After learning that 75% of users were using hormone tests just to learn about their reproductive health, Modern Fertility focused on products for everyday reproductive health monitoring and planning, not just women actively trying to get pregnant. According to Modern Fertility, its $159 test can cost $1,000 at a clinic. It also has a community and education platform with goals of maximizing reach, improving education, and destigmatizing fertility management. Future Family, which offers financing and payment plans for IVF treatments and egg freezing, raised $9 million this week to add more fertility clinics to its network. Future Family pre-negotiates with fertility clinics, pays costs up front, and structures monthly IVF quote-unquote subscription plans that include a dedicated advisor. Plans start at $300 to $475 per month for 60 months and focus on transparency to minimize surprises. IVF treatments can cost an average of $15,000 per cycle, but can end up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, particularly when there are multiple rounds of procedures required, uncertainty in treatment needs, or unforeseen issues. A Life Health, founded in 2020 as a startup developing AI to improve the odds of IVF success, just raised a $9.5 million seed round this month. It plans to start with embryo selection, using an AI trained on thousands of embryo images and outcomes, rather than a doctor looking through a microscope, to determine the quote-unquote optimal order of transfer, starting with the most likely embryo first. Two other startups, Embryonics and Mojo, are also using AI to improve IVF success. Like a life, Embryonics is doing AI-powered embryo selection and plans to sell its software to fertility clinics. It is also working on algorithms to personalize and optimize the hormonal stimulation protocols, which today are largely trial and error. Mojo is taking a slightly different approach, using AI to assess semen and select quote-unquote strong sperm. A 2019 study by Cornell's medical school found that AI trained on 12,000 embryo images was more accurate than the human eye. Other startups pushing the fertility space forward include Everlywell, which offers a variety of in-home tests including women's fertility and raised $250 million in December 2020 through January 2021, TruePill, a white-label B2B pharmacy and telehealth company that raised $75 million in September 2020 to launch a testing network that will include fertility tests, Mate Fertility, a fertility clinic startup with $2.8 million in financing focused on more inclusive and affordable services in second-tier cities, Spring Fertility, 
a fertility clinic chain taking a quote-unquote incubator approach during egg extraction that raised a quote-unquote eight-figure amount in growth equity in mid-2019, Maven, a telehealth startup that raised $45 million in February 2020 to help employers make family planning benefits easier to use, and Just a Baby, a matchmaking platform for people looking for sperm and egg donors, surrogates, or co-parents that's currently fundraising. The growth of players like Modern Fertility suggests that the fertility space is a growing target for investment and innovation. 180 million people globally suffer from infertility, including 15% of couples in the U.S., separately 10% of women and 9% of men. Fertility services are expected to be an $18 billion market this year and grow at 9% annually. It's also an arena that can be underserved, highly inefficient, and lucrative. One fertility clinic reportedly makes a 1,000% profit margin on procedures. With growing awareness, more startups will enter to address pain points in ways that fit modern expectations for patient-centric care, access, and cost. The broader femtech category, historically underfunded, is lately seeing increased investment interest. Total investment in women's health startups reached $1.7 billion in 2020, up from $1.4 billion in 2019. A new VC firm focused exclusively on women's health, FemHealth Ventures, is currently raising a $50 million fund to focus on solutions for conditions that only affect women, for example, cervical cancer, mostly affect women, for example, multiple sclerosis, or affect women differently, for example, diabetes. Expect to see more women's health-focused investments as women's health is demystified and more women take control of capital. To read more content related to emerging health tech and telemedicine, Check out our May 7th, 2021, Three Shifts Edition, Continuous Glucose Monitoring in the Billion Dollar Opportunity in Diabetes Management. In our October 15th, 2020 brief, Telemedicine, House Calls, and the New In-Home Healthcare. Shift 3, Hyundai's in-car payment system and the latest in connected cars. This week, Hyundai debuted a new in-car payment system as part of the Ionic 5 electric vehicle coming this fall. Owners will be able to pay for EV charging, parking, and food and coffee on the go through the vehicle's infotainment system. Initial partners include ChargeHub, ParkWiz, and Domino's. Hyundai plans to add more partners through LearCorp-owned Zevo Market, an in-car commerce marketplace and platform that also powers GM Marketplace and Stellantis' Uconnect Market. This is part of a wave of automakers, at least 17 by one report, investing in embedded payments. The Ionic 5's in-car payments are part of Hyundai's connected car services system, BlueLink. Launched in 2011, BlueLink's capabilities have expanded over the past decade to include features like roadside assistance, navigation, remote start with climate control, remote lock and unlock, car finding, and on-demand diagnostics. While Hyundai Ionic 5's system is another step towards in-car payments going mainstream, it isn't the first to offer the service. Hyundai itself launched in-car payments in January 2020 with the Genesis GV80 in South Korea. More recently, in March 2021, Mercedes launched in-car payments for fuel in Germany with plans to roll out to other European countries by end of year. It was followed by Porsche's May announcement of in-car payments for parking in Australia. Jaguar was probably the first to offer in-car payments in February 2017 through a partnership with Shell gas stations on select Jaguar models. It was followed in December 2017 by the GM Marketplace for in-car purchases and reservations, developed with IBM, Zevo, and others, which was released in eligible Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac models with partners Shell, 
ExxonMobil, Starbucks, and others. June 2019 then saw the announcement of Fiat Chrysler's, now Stellantis, Uconnect Market in-car commerce platform, which became available in eligible Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram vehicles. Honda Dream Drive has been on the horizon since 2016, and Audi, Volkswagen, and Tesla are also pursuing payments ambitions. In-car payments is expected to be an $11 billion market globally by 2027, up from $2 billion in 2019. Its growth is not just driven by automakers. Retail partners like Shell and Starbucks, as well as in-car commerce marketplaces like Zevo, have also been pushing the relatively nascent market ecosystem forward. Big tech players have long been reaching into the connected car through efforts like Apple CarPlay, launched 2014, now in over 600 vehicle models, Google's Android Auto, launched 2015, supporting over 500 models, and Amazon's Alexo Auto, launched 2018, now in hundreds of models, and Echo Auto device for cars not pre-configured with Alexa. All of these tech players have integrated payment systems, for example, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Amazon Pay, and ecosystems of apps and virtual assistant skills. Alexa, for instance, now allows drivers to pay for gas at 11,500 Exxon Mobil stations by saying, quote, Alexa, pay for gas, end quote. While these efforts generally ride on top of the car's operating systems, big tech players are moving towards more customized collaborations with automakers. Google is offering a more integrated experience through its new Android Automotive in-car operating system that can work without a phone. It will power millions of Ford and Lincoln-branded vehicles starting in 2023. Automotive is also one of the primary markets for Amazon's new quote-unquote white-label Alexa Custom Assistant offering. It is partnering with Fiat Chrysler Stellantis on a custom assistant for several vehicle models. These efforts seek to address the existential fear of automakers that they will become commodity hardware suppliers to big tech firms. Automakers are looking to retain and grow their brand relationship with customers and their data through differentiated offerings while partnering for elements of the experience. Ford, for instance, is partnering with both Amazon Alexa Assistant and Google's Android Automotive Operating System to create quote-unquote distinctively Ford experiences. In-car payments face competition from other contactless payment methods, such as smartphones, tap-and-go credit cards, and wearables. Adoption of in-car payments can be boosted if they are made more context-aware through integration with sensor analytics, for example, location, driver, and fuel levels, creating more seamless experiences. More significant efforts on these fronts are expected in 2023 to 2024. In-car commerce will go beyond fuel and charging, parking, and food and beverage. It will have implications across the value chain, from content subscriptions to toll collection, car maintenance, retailer loyalty programs, curbside pickup, ride-hailing services, event tickets, and more. For automakers, in-car payments hold the promise of unlocking new streams of revenue, with potentially $4 billion in revenue to automakers by 2026. Automakers like BMW are, for instance, beginning to sell small-scale software upgrades like high-beam assistance, turning car features into something akin to an app store. Cars have been quote-unquote computers on wheels for some time, but Tesla's leadership is driving a broader industry transition from thousands of specialized microchips to more versatile software modules that can support continuous over-the-air upgrades. It also allows Tesla to collect an incredible amount of data on its cars and their drivers. The value of this connected car data is immense. Auto data startup Weijo, for instance, collects and sells data on over 10 million connected vehicles and is eyeing a SPAC at a $1 billion-plus valuation. 
Who will own and access connected card data more broadly and how it will be used remains to be seen. To read more content related to emerging automotive tech and electric vehicles, check out our January 22nd, 2021, Three Shifts edition. Big tech firms team up with automakers on EVs and autonomous vehicles. In our January 7th, 2021, brief, breaking down the EV barriers, vehicle range, price, charging infrastructure. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the growth of accessibility features on tech platforms and products. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition. Thank you.